Hi there, I'm Mariah Parsons, your host of Retention Chronicles. E-commerce brands are starting to shift their strategy to focus on retention and the customer experience. And so we've decided to reach out to top DTC brands and dive deeper into their tactics and challenges. But here's the thing, we love going on tangents. And so with our guests, you'll often find us talking about the latest trends as well as any and all things in the Shopify ecosystem. So go ahead and start that workout or go on that walk and tune in as we chat with the leading minds in the space. Retention Chronicles is sponsored by Malomo, a shipment and order tracking platform improving the post-purchase experience. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of our other episodes at gomalomo.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Retention Chronicles. Today, I am joined by Molly Kerrigan. Thank you so much for being here, Molly. Super excited to learn about you, your expertise, your background, and Shinesty. So can you say hi and give us a little bit of your background to start us off? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Molly. I am Director of Retention at Shinesty. My background, I kind of picked up retention early. Um, I started as a email marketing associate at a startup however many years ago. (laughs) From there, um, email being like the primary retention channel, like especially back then, um, I just kind of started grabbing everything I could that was uh, related to the customer experience and finding ways to make them come back. Um, And two years ago, I joined Shinesty as director of retention, uh, which has been pretty interesting, uh, focusing on subscription um, and just like making sure those people uh, stay with us in reducing our turn rate. So it's been, it's been a journey and now I am selling underwear to people on a monthly basis. So, yeah, I love that. (laughs) What an intro. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you said, email was like, I feel like retention was email. Like they were one of the same. And I feel like that's like broadened a little bit. You're shaking your head. Can you, can you give us like your thoughts around that? 100%. It was, I mean, we're talking like seven, eight years ago or whatever, when, uh, like I think Marketo was like the platform for Mm -hmm. retention, right? Like it was all about, uh, getting certified in that and learning how to like set up special segmentations in order to talk to customers one-on-one. Well, then you start realizing that like, maybe email isn't the only way people are engaging. There's like so many different ways for people to access your content. Um, so I think in the past few years, um, SMS has obviously become a huge channel. Um, Search is a huge opportunity, um, even for returning customers. Um, You can't really just rely on people opening an email in their inbox because it has become so flooded. It is such a popular channel at this point. And it's, you know, a lower cost channel. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies tend to focus on that first. So um, over the past few years, it's been definitely trying to find those opportunities and those additional channels, like we're trying direct mail, um, we're trying, which is kind of an old school channel, but still Mm -hmm. really fun. Um, Like we do catalogs every year um, and our customers absolutely love it. Um, That probably gets like some of our top engagement for the year. Well, that's really cool. Okay. I want to dive into all of those different channels, but before we do to give our listeners context, can you give like a boilerplate of Shinesty um, and what you all do? Yeah. So uh, Shinesty has actually been a really interesting um, company. It started, I want to say eight years ago. Um, 
I joined two years ago. It's kind of had several different phases of, uh, of the business. Um, we primarily focused, we were like a suiting company not too long ago, like primarily a suiting company. We are still a suiting company. We still have plenty of suits available, anything that's wacky. Um, but during the pandemic, um, we kind of had to shift our focus and underwear just became the thing. Um, as a company, our goal is to actually just have people kind of take life a little less seriously. We want to be that uh, kind of humor that people get. And then we identified these like really great products um, as opportunities to convey that to the world. Um, so it's, <laughs> we call ourselves an irreverent clothing brand. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and our, our ultimate goal, our primary focus is entertainment. Uh, we want you to be entertained by every piece of content you receive, and we want to pleasure the customer, um, which is one of our core values. And that just means that like, we want to make you laugh. We want to engage with you. And then we also want to deliver you like really high quality products, whatever that may be. Oh, that, okay. That I get that sense, like just through your website and social and, um, everything surrounding your brand of like entertainment comes first. And I don't know if I've had an interaction like through this podcast or through um, other brands in the space where they would say like that's their first pillar or like their primary goal is entertainment. So I think that's like a really interesting take um, to hear like what you want to do. And it's, of course, centered around other brands like you want to make sure you're taking care of the customer. Right. But to like have entertainment be the core. I think that's a, that's a really fun take. I'm sure there's a lot that you get to play around with in that arena as well. (laughs) I mean, the meetings with the creative team, like we have an amazing creative team and everybody has their own opinion. And to be completely honest, like everyone here is a bit of a weirdo, Um, (laughs) but like in the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that really helps us uh, engage with our customers because like they're building off of our customers. We're, we're fishing for that kind of response. We want people to like interact with us and like feed us that information of like what they're looking for and like what makes them laugh and what kind of like keeps them going. Like, even if you're not necessarily purchasing from us, like right off the bat, we're still going to send you content and we're going to like interact with you in a way that like, hopefully at least brings a smile to your face or like gives you that kind of break from like how serious the world is currently. And just like gives you a little chuckle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also it makes sense around, because I didn't know the background behind you all being concentrated in, concentrated in suits before the pandemic, but it also makes sense that when the company shifted um, during the pandemic in terms of like your product catalog, the thing that still like reigned true for your company was the entertainment factor and like people during the pandemic needed exactly what you just said, like something a little bit more lighthearted, something that was, um, easily digestible and like put a smile on your face. So I'm sure, would you say like that kind of, like, I feel like that matched very well with just what was going on in our world. Yeah. And honestly, people loved it. I mean, not, not everyone loves it, right? Like no, (laughs) everyone joins a brand and is like, wow, yeah, I'm here for the jokes. Like, no, they're here for the Mm -hmm. products. And like, sometimes it's off-putting because we are, we're taking those moments where like 
some people just, you know, have serious things going on in their lives. And like some people find comfort and humor, others don't. And we're totally respectful of that, right? We want people to, um, we want everyone to enjoy our brand. Um, but I think during, yeah, I mean, that was our philosophy before the pandemic mm -hmm. and then post it just like stuck with us and it really helped us. And it uh, brought joy to like us as well as our customer base. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I can't wait to like dive further into all of that. Um, but like I said, I wanted to go into those different channels and you mentioned like the mailer, which I've on this podcast heard, I think two other brands, um, who are exploring, or at the time, I guess I should say at the time we're exploring direct mailers. And it's kind of funny because we, I feel like we transitioned from direct mailers to email once things started going online. And now it's like, oh, we're kind of going back a little bit to direct mailers and, um, something like a, like a physical catalog, like paper catalog. So can you walk us through what that whole experience has been like? Yeah. Um, so when I joined, uh, the catalog was just like something that we did. It's like, this is happening every year and we will continue to do it. Um, it gives us the opportunity because we do have such a wide range of products to really like highlight each and every one of those. But each page is like, has this basis of um, some type of humor or some type of story behind it. And we get more responses, both negative and positive um, about receiving these pieces in the mail, right? Because they are shocking. Um, <laughs> <if> people, <laughs> our unsubscribe list is uh, people really let us know why they unsubscribed. And it's yep. usually more like, uh, you know, we we have like a saying like shinesty, not a porn site, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not vulgar or like anything in a way that like us, uh, like what our brand stands for, right? But it is kind of like in people's faces, I guess. Um, and we do a huge mailing every holiday. Uh, we usually do about two drops. Um, this is something that isn't new for the company, but something that we will stick to doing because our customers love it so much. Um, it's, it is a huge lift on our creative team. Um, so we do need to make sure that we're uh, making sure we have the correct resources for it. Like we need to make sure we have our photographers and like our copywriters get pulled and are very focused on this. Our designers like absolutely crush it. It basically takes up um, a good amount of our time. Um, but in the end, it's truly worth it to just have that kind of customer engagement. Um, obviously there's the sales aspect of it and it does continue to perform well, which is like totally great and allows us to continue to do it. But the approach is strictly like usually just engagement. It's like, how do we get our customers to engage? How do we get them to respond? And it, we get an insane amount of responses, both positive and negative. And then what that allows us to do is that allows us to feed additional content through additional channels, right? Like we will highlight our catalog on um, social. We'll highlight our catalog via email. We kind of get to do these kind of recaps. Um, which are stories from our customers. And this gets people really stoked to sign up for it, right? Like if you saw that we had this catalog and you want to receive it next year, just let us know and we're going to add you to that list. Um, so it allows us to like grow our customer base in that way uh, because they see the responses and they like pick the side that they kind of lean towards more. And either they can be like, I never want this in my inbox. <laughs> see a lot of like 
please sign me up for that. Like, so we have people asking us to deliver them physical mail and we do our best to like make sure that's in their inbox next year. Yeah. That's really interesting. It kind of like plays into FOMO marketing a bit. It's like, cause you see someone and like great UGC as well, or great social proof where you have like a testimonial from one of your, like some people who are getting the catalog and they're like, Oh my God, this is so great. I love it. Or the other people who it's not their jam. And if you're seeing that as a consumer, you're like, what are they, what are they getting? I want to, I want to see what they're getting. Right. Like if they have it, I want it. Um, so I love using that like catalog as a piece of entertainment, but then also as a piece to grow your outreach and grow your list. Cause I could, I, I, I mean, I could see that working on me, right? Like I, it's kind of working on me the way you're pitching it. Honestly, it's like, I'm like, Oh my God, I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bring it out right now. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Stacks of them right here. I'll send one directly to you. Oh, amazing. Um, and I, and you said like customers will share like their stories and, um, give feedback. Are there any that like are more wild, like stand out, like any that you remember if like have, having gone through those responses, it's okay. If not, I mean, I do remember in 2021. Um, so like, you know, the, the people who are not so happy tend to stand out a little bit more. That's fair. Um, That's fair. (laughs) But like, you know, we don't take it personally. We're like, okay, you didn't want to receive it. We won't do it again. Um, we actually had a man write a script, um, like, a to unsubscribe. Um, I think it ended up being 1200 times. Um, so basically they wrote this kind of like bot that like would constantly like flood us with unsubscribes. And he's like, if you're sending this to me, I'm sending this to you. Um, and yeah, the common the time, the time that must have taken <laughs> like it, like, yeah, we opened up, uh, this list of unsubscribes, you know, cause do not mail lists. Like we said, mm-hmm. we follow those and just to read this over and over again. And like the comments would get like more and more heated. And it's like, I promise we're going to take care of this. Um, but that did, that did feed a lot of content because it's like, if this person is so anti this catalog, people are like, we use that in email marketing. That was like part of our, uh, our search for leads, right? Like we referenced, I don't remember the first name of this person, but we're like uh-huh. person unsubscribed 1200 times. And people yeah. are like, Oh, I need, I need that in my, <laughs> I need that in my <laughs> That life. sounds exactly what I need. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked for us. Um, and we did take them off the, the list. So they're taken care of. And then our customers get a little a little chuckle about it, you know. Yeah. Self-aware. We we know. Mm -hmm. It's good that you all like I feel like you couldn't work at a brand like Shinesty without having like without having the ability to um say like like not take it personally, right? Because I like you said, like it's it can just be something that people look at and they're like, they decide immediately, like, this is for me. This is for not for me, whatever. And I feel like it would be really tough if you and your team were like being like, Oh, they don't want to be part of our brand. Like that sucks. Like really taking it personally. So I feel like you kind of have to have that, um, like armor or that barrier, that wall or that acceptance that it's like, we're going to find our people and they're going to be our people. And there's going to be others who aren't. Yeah. And to be honest, we just want, like, we're aiming for people to know we exist. And like Mm -hmm. what side you are on is okay by us. We're going to try to like, we want to make people happy, right? Like that's our ultimate goal. But like 
it doesn't it doesn't work for everyone and that's kind of just something we've accepted and uh we're a little self-deprecating like we'll admit to our mistakes <laughs> we present this as a mistake like oops we didn't mean we didn't mean to upset people this much but it just it ended up happening yeah yeah that's that's a great way to put it um I would hope like listeners I'm sure can like can agree or can see the um relatability factor that lies within that I would hope so it's like your ultimate goal especially like as a company should be to uh make sure that like your people are taken care of you don't want to like knock anyone down or anything like that I mean we're self-deprecating too like we know like we're not perfect um and we will call those things out right um so it's not like we're we're aiming we're not aiming to attack anyone or anything like that right it's just like you can't always be for everyone um and you want to just approach that in a way that's like understanding but also like gives our customer base like what they need as well um we're not going to uh kind of like mute ourselves in a way that uh would impact the people who are truly enjoying it yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and i i too think like as we're talking about how your branding is centered around entertainment and putting a smile on someone's face. I also feel like at least this was my, uh, perspective was like their entertainment, like the, the delivery of education around like what your brand is about is through the lens of like humor. Right. But you still are able to understand like what you all do, what is important to you, how you stand out, what your products, um, are all about. And so I want to talk about kind of like, how do you find that balance of trying to educate the consumer around like, Hey, this is why we're important. This is, um, like what, what we promise to you as a brand, like the quality of great product. Um, I know there's like the, what is it? Paradise, like ball hammock pouch, cooling underwear, like that whole phrase. It's like on your website front and center. Yeah. Right. But then you have all these different imagery images and these videos that are funny, but also communicate what your product is. So how do you strike that balance between the two? Yeah, it's tough because you don't want to come off as like we we get a or we used to get a lot of feedback or like we do get a lot of feedback that like I bought my husband or my significant other this as a joke. And then they turned mm. out they loved it. Right. So we kind of use those testimonials, right? Where it's like, I bought this because I thought it would be funny. And then they <laughs> wore the product and it was like, they loved it and they become a subscriber. And then like, like jokes they, on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <it's> like, like, <laughs> so we use that content. Like people will send us, we try to engage with our customers in every way possible, right? So if they send a video in, if they send an email in, we're responding because um, we want to talk to them like one-on-one. Um, but when it comes to like product development and like how seriously we take it, like customers feel very comfortable, like providing us feedback. Um, so we're constantly taking that into consideration when it comes to product development. And then also we're trying to expand our line, right? We want to make sure that things make sense for our customer base. Um, so like the paradise cooling boxers, um, actually it's underwear cause we have women's products as well. Um, but we were like, what other, uh, 
what else do people need other than like the standard kind of modal fabric that we're using currently? Um, and we just thought this was like a nice kind of expansion of our line, right? Like they're great for working out in. They're great if you have like a job where you're kind of um, like more physical, right? Like more of uh, like construction workers, fire, firemen. Actually, I'm not sure about firemen. I think there might be some <laughs> like fire, like, I don't know. Um, but any kind of like more heated, um, anything that's going to get your body moving a little bit, these cooling boxers are great for, or if you just live in a warmer climate. Um, and we worked really hard. We have like an excellent product team who are like exploring all these different fabrics. And we actually came up with this um, cooling fabric that I said, not only is in the men's boxers where we got to add that uh, our ball hammock pouch, right? So we kept our signature kind of product in it and just like, um, like did the next uh, version. Um, and then we created our women's line. So we have a women's thong, we have a women's bralette with the paradise cooling uh, fabric. And then we also incorporated it into our athletic shorts. Mm. Um, so the liner is also that cooling paradise cooling fabric that we came up with. It keeps you cooler, which is like, it just made sense for us. Um, it's like our customers will go to the gym or like they'll want that kind of support that they get with our standard boxer, but then they'll want to expand it and like have the shorts that go with it. Um, so like it, it was just a product. It was a nice jump into something that like just made sense for our customer base. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and how do you think, like speaking of your role with retention, how do you think like all of this that we've been talking about, like branding and educating the customer and, um, the brand awareness, how is that playing into how, you know, you're approaching retention? Yeah. I mean, it is, like I said, it is tough, right? Like we have to come off as the experts, but we also have to make you laugh. Um, and when it comes to retention, we want people to be confident in what they're getting. Right. So, I mean, the best and easiest way to retain a customer is to have a really solid quality product, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like that's, you want your core products and the things you're really pushing to really pleasure the customers um, and make sure that they're truly enjoying it. Um, and then we also want to continue to provide variety, right? Um, I think one of the, an interesting question is like, why do I need an underwear subscription? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, so it's like, there's the novelty of it, right. Which comes off with like our new prints that are released every month. Right. Like we have an excellent des design team that like is constantly coming up with things to either make you laugh or like something that you would want to wear, just like the newness. Um, and then there is like this idea that <laughs> you're actually supposed to replace your underwear every like six to 12 months. Right. Which most people mm -hmm. don't know. So this is kind of like this nice opportunity to like not set it and forget it, but like set it and know that you're going to like completely refresh your drawer every year. Um, so like from a retention standpoint, my approach is just really thinking about what makes sense for a customer and like thinking about what they actually need in their life. Like they're just humans, right? Like we're all experiencing the same thing together. And like, I love the idea of making um, a good quality product extremely accessible, right? And something that they don't really need to think about um, in a good way. Um, so it's like, 
we're basically good quality on a cadence that just makes sense for them, right? And then to kind of like overtake their, we want to like overtake not just their underwear drawer, right? We want to provide, like, we want that, sh those shorts to be next. Oh, you've got like a funny special occasion. Like, trust us, we got like some solid suits. Like if you, if you've entered from one product or another, like we want you to feel confident in that quality that you'll come back and like try something new from us because we are, we are still a company and we are like serious and we do take our customer, um, our custom, the quality of our products very seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I was going to actually ask you about like how to, how your team like approaches, if you're rolling out like new patterns every month, if you're, if you're looking to expand your like catalog, if that's, if that plays into retention of like new releases. Cause I always think that's interesting with, um, something like, I think that's interesting in any category, but especially in apparel, because it's like, you can always, I feel like find a new way, a new way to wear something or a new, like a new pattern. If you find that product that you love, um, being able to have it in like multiple colors is always so fun. And I don't think you necessarily get that in other verticals. Um, maybe like the beauty industry where you could like try different shades, but I think that's just super interesting to have, um, that opportunity of like, when you're thinking about retention, how are your products lending themselves to wanting to making the customer want to come back and like buy, buy more things, interact, uh, with your brand, like see new launches. It's, it's all so fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, I mean, for something like underwear or even suiting, right? Like we have those customers who are totally dedicated and we want to make sure that they're happy and still enjoying themselves and like getting that chuckle from like us putting, you know, constellations, subtle constellations, having intercourse on their underwear, right? Like we, it's a, it's such an interesting focus to sit there and like, think about what our customers would like <laughs> next. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, how do we one up ourselves? Like, how do we like, how do we, um, get them excited about that next pair? And the, like I said, the quality's there. So now it's just like, okay, put a new, put a new pattern on it and make them, make them laugh. Um, and we do focused emails like every month about it. Like we have focused ads about like the new prints each month. So we're hoping that like those things will catch our cust our existing customer's eye. I mean, obviously that's a great acquisition tool as well, but like catching our existing customer's eye and like having them, um, they like need that product, right? Like they're already satisfied with the quality of it. And now it's like, I just want that. Like, I want this new fun design um, mm -hmm. under my clothes, right? Like it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. And it's like kind of funny to just have the idea of like, you know, that you have a hot dog, like <laughs> hot dog drink on your underwear and you're like in a business meeting. I just think that's like the weirdest, funnest little like joke that you can have for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes things a little bit lighter, which goes back to obviously what we were talking yeah. about in the beginning of the episode. It's also, it reminds me of like funky socks, you know, where people like, even if they're in, uh, more of a, like, I don't want to say uptight, but like posh or like more professional setting. Yeah. Um, you know, you can just see like a little pattern peek 
like a sock peeking out and you're like, oh, that's fun. Or like ties where it's like a little hint of it. It's kind of similar. I mean, obviously, well, people probably aren't say, aren't seeing your underwear in the same way, <laughs> um, yeah. but maybe they are, you know, don't judge, but it's like kind of like that little hint to yourself where you're like, oh, like this makes it adds just a little bit of nuance to each day. Cause you're like, oh, I'm picking out my outfit. Which pair am I going to wear? Yeah. It, it makes you think about it. And it's like, you can open your drawer and truly have your favorite pair of underwear um, based on like a pattern or like whatever your vibe is for that day. Mm-hmm. Or have it be like a good luck charm too. Like yeah. I, yeah, I, I see that a, a thousand percent. Um, you also mentioned the like component of shyness of having like subscriptions like a subscription offering and being able to kind of take that weight off of the consumer of like hey you don't have to think about this but your underwear does need to be replaced um every few months and so i'm am i correct in saying like you have like one-off sales and then you also offer subscription correct yeah we have um we do both um mm-hmm. a subscription doesn't fit for everybody right um I think that is an interesting part of retention, right? Where someone comes in and they buy a single pair or like they come in and they buy a single pair and they then like a month later, they buy another single pair, right? Or is it, are you a pack purchaser where you're buying three at once, three or six at once, you know? Um, So not everyone fits the same mold. Um, And from a retention standpoint, basically what we're trying to figure out is like what makes the most sense for you. Um, so if you're like coming in, you're a new purchaser, you haven't committed to like a pack, you haven't committed to a subscription, you're kind of just laying there and like, I don't know what I want to do next. Um, our goal is to present you with like your best buying options. Like this makes sense for you. Um, because obviously there's like incentives and, um, to however, which way you want to buy, right. If you want to buy, if you want the novelty and you want the funness and newness every month, like I think presenting you with a subscription is going to make the most sense because it's like, you kind of get this discount, you get this something, something exciting in the mail every day. You're kind of looking or at every month you're looking for this, like kind of fun aspect of it. If you're just like, I see six prints that I like on that. It's like, then go and like build a pack builder. Like we're going to present you with that option, right? We're going to give you um, incentives to building you know, a six pack or like a three pack or whatever you're looking for in that moment. So it's like finding those things that just make sense for the type of buyer that you are, right? We're not going to force you to be a subscriber. There's going to be benefits to being a subscriber and maybe that fits your personality. We're not going to force you to buy a pack, but like in reality, this is probably best for you because of the discount you get, it's like done. And then your drawer is refreshed all at once. And then you can come back in like six to 12 months, whenever you need something new um, and shop the same way. So it's like, there's different paths that people can take. There's people who will never be a subscriber and that's totally fine. We're not going to make you commit to that, but we're going to present that to you because we believe this is the best way to buy, like as a consumer. Right. And do you, do you happen to know off the top of your head where like the divide is like, do you typically see most people fall within the subscription category or most people are like bundling? Do you know the difference yeah. there? I mean, a lo- I would say it's a lot of subscription. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of subscription. A lot of people are looking for that. Um, people who like the fun, loud prints are like usually down for subscription. We do have like a classic classic subscription, which maybe doesn't take up as much of our customer base, but like, it's still an option for people. A lot of pack builders tend to be, um, I don't want to say more classic, but maybe a mix of like more classic solid prints. Like you're there for the, uh, strictly for the, you love this product and you're strictly there for the quality of it. So you're like purchasing more at once where like subscription gets you like the newness and like excitement of every, of the seasonal prints and stuff like that. So it's like more how I look at it. It's more like based on, uh, what you want that experience to be. Do you want it to be fun and exciting every month? Or do you just like want to pick your prints and like continue on with, with your year? Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I was kind of gathering that probably more would fall within the subscription, um, customer profile. So yeah, super interesting stuff. And then I know for us, at least in like the post-purchase experience, um, like segmentation is a big part of meeting customers where you're at and making sure that like if someone's a subscriber versus if someone's um, a repeat purchaser or first time buyer, customizing that experience to see what, to just relay the correct information to each person. So is that something you all are doing at Shine to See? If so, can you walk us through it? Yeah, for sure. And there, I would like to say there's always opportunity to do more, right? Like we're learning more and more mm-hmm. each day. So like improving those kind of experiences is something we're focused on. But I mean, for a post-purchase flow, right? Like we have a couple that exist just based on like your, what you purchased, right? Like if you purchase once from us and haven't purchased again, and say you just purchased an e-com order, you didn't purchase a subscription or a, um, we don't have like a ton of information on you. We're going to drop you into a flow that's kind of going to explain your options, right? Like the first flow, the first email that's going to come is explaining the benefits of subscription, right? We're going to like hope that they enjoyed their pair, um, which we have like review requests and stuff like that. We do have that type of follow-up, but then this is just presenting your options to buy. It's like a opportunity to educate, right? Um, we have this large catalog. So like, this is what we think would be best for you. Um, And we usually start with subscription, right? Because in our eyes, that's our best deal. It builds the excitement. Next, we're going to move into uh, packs, right? We'll like explain that like we have this pack option. This pack builder is pretty great, right? You get that experience. You get to select what you want. You don't have to like, um, you don't have to like get a mixed pack. Like you get to pick every single pair and just build your pack. And the more you add, the larger the discount becomes. And then we ship it off to you. So that would be like our second option because we believe that is a excellent way for you to purchase through our site. Um, and then if you're just like not feeling it right now, like say you don't want to purchase just yet, but like you want to stay engaged with our content, we're just going to kind of start like talking to you in a way that's like, we're going to continue to just like entertain you until you're ready to make that purchase because everyone's kind of on a different buying cadence, right? Like maybe this was a treat for yourself and you purchased it once. Maybe it was a gift for somebody and you're not ready to purchase for yourself just yet. That doesn't mean like, okay, we tried and we're done. We're going to like 
move you into like our campaign flows or if we see you like browsing on site then we get a little more uh then we'll get a little more targeted and just kind of like talk to you in a way and like show you some things that we think you might be interested in um we do a lot of work with uh wonderkin we have been expanding with them lately um to figure out ways to like provide customers with things that we think they would like based on their interaction and previous purchases with us so we're trying to get smarter and there's constantly the opportunity to get like more targeted um to really provide people what they want based on their behaviors yeah yeah i'm glad i'm not super familiar with wonderkin um but that sounds super awesome. And like the fact that you're able to have all the data behind what your customer looks like. And you said like, if they're searching on your website um, and able to segment the experience, I know as a consumer, when I receive those emails or SMS or whatever, however you're communicating with the customers, um, it goes a long way because it just shows extra intentionality but I also like that you all that you also have the approach of recognizing like, hey, maybe this was a gift or a one-off purchase um, or like a treat yourself moment. And you're like, we still want to be present, even if you're not like the top 1% of our consumers, right? Like we'll still entertain you. It's like a friend, like being like, oh, we'll keep in touch. Um, we'll still like provide you these benefits, even if, um, you know, you're not part of these different customer profiles. Yeah. And that just like that just might mean that they're just not ready at the moment, but like there's still some interest in engaging with us as a brand. Right. So we're going to keep them around and we want to make sure that they they're getting what they want from us, at least, you know, and hopefully we hopefully they've enjoyed the product or they've received feedback on the product that they've given as a gift. And like when they're ready, they'll make that move and uh, get their either get themselves in it or get themselves a refresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I like to ask as well, along with segmentation, um, because I know this has come up with other guests along the lines of like, you have email and SMS. If you're just talking about those two channels alone and you're segmenting for the customer experience, how are you all approaching like how they're working together in terms of like, are you sending majority of your communications through email um, with those different experiences that you just walked through or are you kind of coupling them with SMS? How are you, how are you approaching that? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been actually really interesting in the past, like a year and a half. It's, um, we've seen this kind of like shift in like what channels people are prioritizing. Right. So as of right now, we I think last year we were prioritizing maybe SMS a bit more. Like if we had your, uh, if we had your phone number, we would focus on that. Um, but then we started to realize that maybe uh, email was dropping off a little bit more than we'd like. So we kind of are having them work together at this point. Like, I don't think it's terrible to send people the kind of, it's not the exact same message, but like the same um, information through both channels, right? As long as you're delivering it in a different way, because there are so many times where I miss an email, but I'll get a text message right? Like people aren't engaging with every type of content um, that you send them. Like the your open rate is never going to be a hundred percent, right? So it's like giving them multiple touch points is 
I is okay. As long as you're not like just copy and pasting, like I sent you this email and then basically I sent you the exact same thing in a text. Like mm-hmm. we're going to feed you like some sense of humor in both. And like, if you happen to open both, hopefully you got like at least the joke through from both, you know, like you got yeah. the entertainment factor from both. Um, but th- we do, as of right now, we aren't prioritizing one over the other um, because people's engagement and like ha- what channels they're focused on is constantly shifting. It's um, been more apparent, I think, in the past like two years, year and a half of just like SMS taking off, maybe email box inbox is getting a little too flooded um, that you, you need those multiple touch points in order to make sure that like you're having the opportunity to talk to your customer. Yeah. Right. And too, if it's information that is beneficial, like you want information to be delivered to the consumer. I don't think like I'm of the same personal standpoint, just as a consumer where it's like, I'm okay with someone emailing me and texting or sending SMS. Um, as long as it's like valuable, right? Like if it's not valuable and it's annoying, then nobody, I I, I think nobody would want that. Right. No. (laughs) And like, it's not our goal to like spam you in any way in order to qualify for those types of texts and emails. Right. You have to like have behaved with us in a way that we believe that like, this is what's going to make most sense for you right now. Right. Like we're honestly, it's coming from a, uh, it's coming from a place of like wanting to help the customer. Yes, yeah. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff online. There's a lot of stuff on our site and we're just trying to like help you make that decision a bit more like and serve you relevant content. Um, so it's like, I, if someone was just spamming me and like sending me like buy this black pair of underwear, can you buy this black pair of underwear? How about this black Did pair you do of it underwear? Yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that would drive me that would drive me nuts. Right. Like, yeah. And I, I don't want to do that to our customer base, but if it's like you came in and we can see that you're interested in subscription, but maybe like you don't fully understand it or like you need a little more information on it. We want to provide that to you. Um, if you want to consume that via an email, great. Or we're going to try to like drop you on a page on the website. That's going to explain the subscription benefits to you. And that's like strictly for educational purposes, right? Like we want you to be informed about what you're looking for. And we're making our best guess at like, based on your behaviors of like what we can serve you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what shows up with the brands that are taking that approach. Like you all are where it's like, okay, we're trying to use all the information we possibly can to predict like what makes the most sense for you at this time, at this, um, customer stage. And I think that's where people are going to start to, if they're not already in the boat of like, Oh, send me a SMS along with an email, because I'll just see which one I open first, or like, say I get an SMS about it. And then I'm like, okay, awesome. And then I see that I have an email and has more information around it. Like that's then up to me and I get to choose how I'm interacting with the content, but it's, the, the accessibility or the ease of usability where it's like, okay, I don't have to go look through a website for something that I want. Um, and like take time out of my day to go find these answers. Like someone's just serving them up on a silver platter for me to consume. 
Exactly. It's just about like getting you the correct information that we think you're looking for to help mm-hmm. you make a decision and ho- hopefully serve you products that you are truly interested in. And like, yeah. obviously we're constantly improving that kind of like understanding of our customer base. And it's like, if you let, if like past customers have loved this, they've also loved that, you know, like customers who behave like you or like have resonated with like similar products, like we think this would be great for you um, mm-hmm. because we were taking the approach that like, if you're still interested, there is something about a product that you loved or like you really enjoyed and you're just looking for that next one. And like I said, like people don't have a ton of time to like go through websites, right? Like if you're shopping online, it's like maybe 10 minutes of my day and I need to go and make a decision, submit the order and move on with my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, people aren't spending like hours. They're like scrolling on their phone for a few minutes and like that that's their opportunity to shop. Right. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And as we're talking about, um, segmentation and subscriptions and just meeting the customer where they're, they're at. I also wanted to ask you if you know, off the top of your head, um, because so majority or a lot of your customers fall in that bucket of subscriptions, can you describe to us what it looks like at Shine C for returns or exchanges? Because I know this is super top of mind, um, just as we just launched our integration with Loop. So like I, this is now something that I personally haven't thought a ton about, but it's super interesting for me to now ask um, brand reps like yourself, like how does that filter into, you know, the post-purchase experience and what we're talking about with like wanting to make sure customers are informed, um, and wanting to communicate and segment experiences based off of what's going on in the customer journey. Yeah. I mean, returns has been like a returns and exchanges is going to be like a huge focus of mine this year, which I'm, uh, working with loop and like figuring out those rules and how to make that like ease of a return or an exchange easier. Um, but what's interesting is like, we're actually taking that information, right? Like we used to do, we launched a new subtech in September of last year, right? Because we wanted to improve that customer experience. From a subscription standpoint, if you got a print that you didn't enjoy, you could go in and exchange it. Mm, um, but you okay. can still do that. But based on that information and what we were seeing in terms of returns and exchanges is that we built this new subtech where you can actually go in and select your print before it even ships. Right. So like we've built it in a way that like we're no longer assigning something to you. And that was some education that we learned through the return and exchange program. Um, That would be a reason why a lot of people wanted to exchange like our prints are loud, you know, or like (laughs) might find some funny and not others funny. Right. Like and we always wanted to provide um, the customer with what they want. Right. So like instead of like using that kind of like loop return and reporting to understand that like customers were a lot of customers were exchanging just based on the print, right? Let's like solve that. And like, let's build a sub subtech that actually allows us, allows the customer to select what they want before it sends out and uh, remove that like point of friction. Um, but yeah. And like, other than that, with like returns and exchanges, it's, we want it we offer free returns and exchanges in the U S right. Um, so we're constantly trying to make sure that like, because our product catalog is so big, like there has to be different rules for like every type of product, right. Which gets kind of complicated, but like 
we want people to feel comfortable. Like if they needed a new size or they needed, they wanted to like exchange for a new pattern. We want to make sure that that is readily available at their tips. And like loop has done a pretty solid job of like giving us that flexibility. Um, we also are working on like integrating loop directly into our CX platform, you know, just so we can like quickly take care of that for the customer. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there and that's going to be a huge focus in 2023. Yeah. Super interesting. Thank you for like giving us details around that. Cause I've, I've also seen, I think we're trending towards that where it's like, okay, returns and exchanges are going to be, uh, very important are going to be like now another deal breaker or now another way to impress your, uh, consumer base. And I was, I'm so glad that you brought this up in that you're working to, um, like remove the friction point that you described of someone getting a pattern that just isn't for them. Cause I almost asked that earlier and then I was like, okay, no, we're having such a good conversation. Yeah. So I just dropped it off, but I was going to ask if people can like, uh, if people can select before they get their package sent to them, which patterns they want. So I think I, I love hearing that. Um, just like super, super interesting to me to kind of get like a, insider view of how brands are working through using their data for returns and exchanges and then how they're using that to inform their strategy going forward. Yeah. And I think there's still huge opportunity there, right? Like you're, you're ordering offline, right? You're not trying things on, you're not seeing them in person for the first time. Like you're getting them delivered to your home. Right. And so you might think this is your size, uh, you order the incorrect one. So it's like, you want a company that you feel comfortable with, like just quickly, easily making that exchange. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is our goal. And I think that should be basically the goal for any e-commerce yeah. company, right? <laughs> it's like, let's just, uh, let's just like, how do you kind of, they're not in a store. They can't just like walk out of the dressing room and go select a different size. How do we ease that tension? And like, make that as seamless as possible in order for them to get the product that they actually wanted or that they will actually use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I think that very well encompasses everything that we've been talking about for this whole episode in terms of just meeting customers where they're at and making sure that what you're doing produces friction and, um, provides like the best experience that you all can possibly give. So I know we're at time. I wish we could keep talking because this has been so amazing, but thank you so much, Molly, for sharing your expertise and for coming on the podcast today. It's been wonderful. Yeah, for sure. This is totally great. Um, it was great talking with you and, uh, yeah, check us out at shinesty.com. Love it. Love it. Thank you.